the thirst is real. Hi, beautiful people. Welcome to the Queer Lenial Report, a new mini-series on thirst. I'm your host, Neil Joshua, and I'm so excited to share this project with you. I wanted to kick off with saying like why I'm doing a mini-series podcast and transitioning from recapping reality TV, especially when it seems like everybody and their mother, their dog's mother, has a podcast. But really, I wanted to be intentional about amplifying queer voices and having just gay conversations. I don't know if you know, but the New York Times recently reported that more adults, more so than ever, are now identifying as queer, which means that like this younger generation, I mean, as you know, feel more comfortable coming out, which like leaves us millennials like we're in this like weird place, like the generation before us, it was like super taboo to come out as gay. And now this younger generation, like they're having their parents build them custom closets to come out of at like 11, you know? So I really wanted to have like conversations, get into the nitty gritty of like what it is to be a queer millennial on this planet. And I didn't want to have like people that do like the same bullshit interviews like over and over or like people that just were like trying to plug or promote something. Like I really wanted to hear from different people that have different backgrounds on myself and just like really cut the bullshit. What really kind of also sparked this like interest in the difference between generation is Cardi B's WAP and my grandma not to be like combined in thought and now that I said that out loud that makes it so weird but anyway let me get into the story let me back up so as most of you know I moved to LA um, with my fiance and you know I'm like living the LA fantasy in the Hollywood Hills honey I um, you know just get launched into LA in the middle of the pandemic no big deal and I decided to come back home visit my family in Toronto And then I try to go back home and I get denied entry into the U.S. That's a whole separate podcast for a whole separate day. But anyway, I'm running errands. I'm now like, you know, taking my grandma out to do her stuff, whatever. I'm playing music on my phone. Of course, it's on shuffle. And then Cardi B's WAP comes on, you know, and like hits. It's like there's some hoes in this house. And I'm like, okay, fuck, let's turn this shit up. Like I kind of forgot my grandma was in the car for a minute. And, you know, I'm singing along and, you know, she like hits the first lyric like certified freak seven days a week and then she literally says out loud like wet ass pussy and then here I am driving my grandma screaming wet ass pussy like I was mortified my grandma was like you know she doesn't like what is she gonna say you know she never thought that she'd be in the car with her nice little Hindu grandson listening to a woman singing about her reproductive organs and the moisture it was like one of those moments where it was like wow, we really never know what is coming down the pipeline in terms of like where the world is shifting. So yeah, this podcast is like really, I wanted this to be a place for me to like vent, rant, educate and learn and like share those learnings with you as well as like become a little bit more unfiltered and let y'all into my life a little bit more. I'm kind of like in this weird, I'm knee deep into like this rebirth identity crisis. My 30s are around the corner. So it's like, I kind of want to soak in as much insights as I can because it's like at the end of the day we all should be like chasing the best versions of ourselves you know so if you get anything from any of these podcast episodes through this mini series I really hope that you just take one piece like a nugget of information each episode and just apply it to your life and chase that version of yourself like literally get out on these streets and chase the best versions of yourself because they're there they're waiting Anything you want, really, I believe, is, like, possible. So go on out there and get it. So my first guest, I'm so excited. They are a creative force and, like, a damn clown. Like, 
literally went to clown school. It is Canada's Drag Race Jimbo. So now let me just like back up a bit. So Canada's Drag Race, you know, I love my girl Priyanka, Guyanese queen. I love the fact that she won, but I really thought like no shade that it was Jimbo's to win. I really thought Jimbo was a clear winner. I was shocked when Jimbo left. I was like, wait, what is happening here? Um, anyway, I think Jimbo really is going to do well on like an all-stars or international all-stars. I don't think this is the last time we're going to see Jimbo on our screen. But anyway, I just really was attracted and drawn to like, it's beyond quirky. It's beyond creative. Like it's an embodiment of like a different spirit Jimbo has in every character or performance or look that they put together. So I was so intrigued. So I'm so excited to share the conversation with you guys today. We talk about like how to kind of channel that creativity into action. And then we also go into talk about social media and then Chow Jimbo gives us some tips to lock down a man. So excited to share this convo with you guys. But before we do that, make sure that you are subscribed so you don't miss next week's episode. And if you have an extra two minutes, please leave a cute comment. And after you're done listening, slide into my DMs. Let's chat. I want this to be like an open dialogue. You're part of the conversation. So let's dive right into the first episode of the Queer Linear Report on Thirst with Canada's Drag Race, Jimbo. Hello, Jimbo. How are we? Well, hello, Anil. I'm absolutely wonderful and so excited to be with you on the thirst. Yes. Thank you for taking the time and chatting with us. I know you're a very busy woman working on the House of Jimbo and it all. Um, but how are you holding up in these times? It's kind of crazy right now. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm doing well. Um, you know, it comes and it goes. Every day is different. Um, yeah, I'm just sort of trying to be patient and just uh, stay focused on the day and what I can get done in the day and trying to be creative and stay positive. Right. I love that. Well, we're going to dive into your creativity a little bit, but just want to lube you up first. We're going to start with some rapid fire questions. So let's kick things off. Are you a morning or a night person? I'm definitely a night person. <laughs> okay. Night owl. I see that. And then we're going to dive into social media, Facebook or Twitter. Um, well, you know, I've, I've, I was on Facebook when it first started. So I would say Facebook and I'm trying to use Twitter. Um, but it's, yeah, it's kind of hard to think of what to tweet about. I don't necessarily get it that much. Right, right. Um, Instagram or TikTok? Um, I don't have a TikTok. And I have an Instagram. No TikTok. Okay. I thought TikTok was canceled for some reason. Yeah, I think Trump was trying to get it, like, banned because it's, like, China stuff and they're hacking all of our information, but I don't know much about that. Um, who's your favorite Drag Race winner? Uh, Sasha Valour. Ooh, good one. Uh, the last show you binge-watched? Um... Probably the um, We're Here on a, the Crave show with uh, Shangela and Eureka and Bob the Drag Queen. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, okay. Would you rather detect any lie told or get away with telling any lie? Um, I would rather know any lie told. So I could be like, mm, 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 I don't think so. Yes, ma'am. Um, would you rather true love or to be filthy rich? Oh, I would say true love, true love. I love that. Um, would you rather age from the neck up only or from the neck down only? Neck down, big time. I'm trying to work yes. on doing that exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all? Um, would you rather lose your ability to see or your ability to hear? 
Oh my gosh. Well, my ability to hear, because then I wouldn't have to hear all those lying bitches I'm trying to detect. Amen. I hear that. Um, okay. You get good news. Who's the first person you call? Um, probably my mom or my partner. Cute. I guess that's two answers, but they'll both listen. Right. <laughs> um, and then who's someone you want to see on Canada's Drag Race season two? Um, I would love to see my sister Vivian Vanderpuss from here in Victoria. I love Come her. On, Bindi. Vivian Vanderpuss is her name. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Okay, so we know that you're working on the House of Jimbo. There's some really exciting things on the horizon. But I wanted to talk about kind of the concept of being a creative because having an idea is the easy part, right? But when it comes to executing it and making it happen, do you have like a formula or a go-to kind of strategy when it's like making the idea a reality? Um, yeah, I would say I usually have to get help from a bunch of people. So that's usually like a big <laughs> is what's my plan and then who can I collaborate with to help bring it to life and then also you know I everything is hard and I often go about things the hardest way and so um, I think I do that because I'm just used to being challenged so I think like what's the hardest way this could go and I'll start that way and so yes so you know sometimes to think beyond the hardest way and to find easier ways to do things so that you don't get so frustrated in your process. Right, so you start at the hardest path and then you can kind of navigate to like a path that works. Yeah, try to, you know, I, I, that's just my natural thing. I think of like really complicated things and then I'm like, okay, you know, I usually talk it out with people and like, does it really need to have, you know, that, that, that? And I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. Simplify and yeah. Right. So you have some help with reeling it in to make it a reality in a way. Yeah, sometimes. And sometimes, <laughs> and a lot of times I don't. And I'm like, I don't care. It's crazy. We're doing it anyway. Right. So like, imagine like, I'm sure this has happened just naturally as a creative when you hit kind of that wall of like failure or like, this isn't going to work. When do you kind of tune into like, okay, let's, you know, re-strategize, redial up, or do you just keep pushing past kind of like, no, I'm going to make this happen. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm more the second, the going to make it happen kind of thing. I, I, you know, don't, I generally don't set myself up for failure. I try to just like get things well thought out and well aligned so that um, down the line, things are moving towards actually happening. That's a, a big part of my process is actually making the thing happen and for people to know that I'm going to make the thing happen. So when it sounds so crazy, people can go, okay, well, it sounded crazy before and you made it happen. So this is going to be happening. Right. You, you kind of have now a resume to kind of prove things happening so you can yeah. get it done. So young creatives, you know, like they have all these ideas and then they're, they're, you know, trying to make it happen and they hit these roadblocks. What is like the first step you would say? Would it be just going to like a network of people to bounce that idea off of or writing it down? Like what would your one piece of advice to get a crazy idea launched? My one piece of advice to get a crazy idea launched is to really think it out all the way to the end because a lot of projects, they take a lot of commitment and time. And once those wheels start rolling and you get, you know, 50, 75% of the way there, you realize, oh, this is, I'm in this for long haul. And, you know, when I made a giant rainbow, for say, like it weighs, you know, uh, something around 3,000 pounds and takes a crane to put it up. I am so glad that I love that project enough to call a crane and to organize all of those things that takes to make a giant rainbow happen. And it's not easy and it's hard, but I, I do it. Yeah. 
Right. You make it happen. I love that. So I kind of want to have like an honest conversation when it comes to social media, because as you know, you've been exposed to this platform. Your social media probably blew up. You're the second most followed queen besides the winner. Um, How do you kind of stay grounded in this? Social media is like this alternate universe, but then there's real life, but it's also a tool. So how do you find the balance of managing it? Um, Well, you know, I am mostly a real life kind of what's actually happening kind of guy. And so I use social media when it's fun and convenient for me, but I definitely, I don't, um, I don't really dwell on it too, too much. It's, you know, I really, it's a great way to share what's going on and what I'm doing with a larger audience, but you know, the focus really needs to be what I'm doing and what's going on, you know, to be able to share it. So um, I think I just, take it as an amazing tool and a really cool way to connect with people. But at the end of the day, you know, when, when Instagram goes away, if it goes away and you know, what are you left with? You're left with yourself and your local community and, and the people, your friends and your family that are actually around you um, that are going to be there with you throughout your life. So I think that's really important to just um, keep in mind that the real world and what's actually happening directly in front of us is actually is you know obviously paramount to uh, all of these social media online kind of platforms right how mu- how often like how much time do you say that you're on social media a day would you say um i would say maybe like maybe 20 minutes to 30 minutes Stop. 20 minutes 30 minutes a day yeah pretty much like here and there i just go on like today I looked maybe for a minute this morning and then I got ready and then I posted some pictures. I haven't looked back to see what people have really said about it yet. And I'll look on later on. And, but yeah, just not that much. I like to be writing music, planning, cleaning my house. My house is a huge pile of fabric, (laughs) costumes, projects on top of projects on top of projects. So, you know, I, I can only really sit down and look at what everyone else is doing for so long before I go, oh my God, I have so much to do. I need to get back to work. Right. So then you probably aren't kind of hit or sidetracked by like the hate or like the trolls online. You just like kind of pay them no mind. Well, I don't have any hate or any trolls online. So it's, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am so lucky that um, if there is a hater or a troll online, I haven't found them yet. And, um, and if they are there, then they're very small. It's a very small voice in a sea of a million other voices. And, you know, everyone has a right to their own opinion and they're, you know, every bridge has a troll and you can't, um, you know, you just have to realize that that's, that's all part of it too. And it's kind of funny. And if you, if, you know, you look at it, like, who are you and where are you and why does it matter? Then it's just funny. It's just, if someone doesn't like what you're doing or if they, they have this opinion about it, it's more of a a reflection of where they're at and their, you know, their character than it is of mine or anyone else's. So no, I don't pay any attention to that, but I, I do think it's, uh, kind of entertaining in a weird twisted way. Yeah. You know, because they have nothing else to do with their lives. So that's like how they're trying to find some type of attention or validation. So totally makes sense. Um, So you kind of answered this, but I feel like a lot of times young creatives, specifically in the drag or performance world, think that social media is the ticket. You know what I mean? They think that if they go viral or if they get a bunch of followers, they've made it, they found success. However, I... I think that you put in the hard work, you go inward, you find your passion and you just work towards it. What is like one thing you would say to somebody that's just striving for that social media fame versus kind of going inward? Like, 
Well, I would say it's a black hole of um, an idea that there will be some fulfillment down the line uh, based on a sense of popularity. Um, I think most people just want to be witnessed and validated. People just want to be seen, loved, and heard. And whether you're doing that to 280,000 people or you're doing that to 1,500 people, at the end of the day, it's the overall sentiment of what you're putting out in the world. And that starts on a personal, individual level by creating vibrations, love, and energy that you put out in the world. And the more people you attract, the greater your following becomes and the greater amplified your voices. But at the end of the day, it really is about the message and the person rather than the number of followers or this perceived celebrity. It's really, you have to have something to say and something to offer and, and some good vibes to be putting out there in the world is the important part. Right, because people will gravitate towards that regardless of the number of followers at the top of your screen. It has to be like the self-worth that you identify first, I guess. I think so, yeah. Or it could just be like crazy thirst traps like some people do. Right, right, right. <laughs> Whatever gets the attention. <laughs> so I know uh, based on research that you kind of, you know, you've done the clown school and you've transformed that into drag and you believe in kind of, um, you know, you feed off the audience and you strive for a reaction. You like the shock value of being a performer and being in the moment. How have you been able to kind of find a source of like, you know, as a performer, I'm sure when you're, you know, performing for an audience, you get that energy replenished and you're able to kind of recharge your battery from that. How are you recharging your battery now? I guess is the question. Um, by just keep working. I, I recharge my battery by um, thinking of new ideas, thinking about new places to go, writing new music. And, you know, I've got this new studio with my partner here. And so, you know, I kind of, I don't, I don't necessarily rest too much. I love to be in motion, in creativity, and in working. And um, that's sort of where I find my peace in a weird way is in the chaos of creation. Right, right, right. You just, you're creative at heart. So what is like the day of Jimbo look like? Like what time are you waking up and what time are you going to bed? And like, what is happening in between? So I usually wake up at around 10 and okay. then I have some coffee and a tea and maybe smoke a joint. And then I check out what's going on online. And then I go to work either, um, you know, writing music with my music partner, Andrew. We've been meeting um, almost every day really and working on writing and, and music and lyrics. And so I'm either doing that or I start getting into my face sometime mid afternoon and I start doing my cameos or my interviews. And then I usually, squeeze in some food delivery in there somewhere. I'm not really a big cook. <laughs> and I'm not, you know, I love the idea of cooking, but my partner and I are just really busy. And so, you know, we usually will find something to jam in our mouths really quickly. And then, yeah, I'm usually sewing or, or now it's cleaning this giant house. I mean, I've hung this big backdrop, but you can't really see. I'm in this huge sort of giant wrecked abandoned room. <laughs> <laughs> we've stripped back that we're going to make into this incredible studio space. And so, uh, yeah, the day is filled with projects and tidying my house. I like scramble around. If something's gap happening, I pull out all the costumes. I pull out all my shoes. I pull out all my makeup. I pull out all the fabric. I pull it all. And so everything becomes piles and piles of things, um, sparkly things, fabric and mannequins and all kinds of necklaces and everything. So I have to always be sorting, putting stuff away. So I'm a busy right. 
person, like a little octopus in their cave. So you're talking about music, right? Is this, um, like, what is the genre? What is the vibe of this music? Um, I would say it's kind of synthy, poppy, um, a little bit soulish. Um, sometimes I like to rap a little bit. Um, it's kind of like, or so it's usually character-based. I'm usually thinking of a concept or a character, and then um, I'm trying to tell a story uh, that will fulfill the look and sort of flesh it out what this character's experience is. And so right. the last song I wrote with him was called Pumpkin Tits. And it was about um, this girl that makes a deal with the devil in a pumpkin patch um, for bigger breasts, but he ends up giving her pumpkin tits and she has these huge pumpkin tits. And so it starts sort of like um, folkish, kind of, you know, like a musical kind of like Hedwig or something where you're sort of storytelling through song. And that switches into like a hard, um, like grunge rock song, song where I'm like, who dares awaken pumpkin tits? And it's like this sort of like hard rock song. And I'd start like throwing uh, my pumpkin seeds and my, my pumpkin slush at the audience. Oh my God, amazing. So when you say you think of an idea from start to finish, you really are like, okay, I want to create music. And this is not only the song, but you're talking about the genre, the transition, the look, the feeling, the performance, like fully executed. Yeah, I like to think of the character, then make the concept for the character, then come up with the, the costume and the... Um, makeup and then write the music and then come up with the performance and cool. the whole shebang yeah awesome so is it this is not more of like you're not trying to record an album type music this is like a fully performance based type music no it would be both it would be both? music okay that would perform to and it would be music that would be on spotify or on something like that where people are able to stream and listen to music and oh I would cool recording artists along with uh, many of my other legendary sisters. Yes, ma'am. I love that. Um, so you talk about your partner a lot and it seems like he seems super supportive in all your endeavors. What is one kind of tip for young millennials, you know, trying to lock down a man, a partner, whatever they're trying to lock down? What is kind of one piece of advice you'd give them? Um, be, I guess, just as truthful right from the start as you can about who you are, what you stand for and what you want. I think a lot of people are really afraid at the start of a relationship to really expose too much of themselves. Um, and you know, everything comes out over time. So I think it's good to just get things out in the open and to really be clear about what your sexual desires are, what your needs are. Maybe are you poly? Maybe are you monogamous or, you know, all of these things that come up and are, you know, typically conversations that happen within a relationship um it's better to just really think about what you want out of a relationship and to really try to put that forward right from the start i think it took me a right. long time to get to that point in my life and so yeah so just like set the expectations this is who i am this is what i stand for and this is what i want here it is take it or yeah. leave it yeah and this is what i like for having sex and this is the way i get my pleasure and this is what bring me brings me pleasure and so there is a this sort of like shift and you know some sort of weird you know where you feel like you're hiding something over the long right period. like you know be loved for all of you right from the start yeah that's actually good advice because i think a lot of times in our community you get a lot of people get shamed for their sexual wants and desires because they get labeled weird or, you know, I'm not into that or whatever. But if you kind of set that expectation right from jump, at least, you know, that person is into it or not into it. And it helps give you peace of mind right away. Exactly. And you find your people faster. Right. 100%. Okay. So I kind of want to shift gears into like this mind fuck the world collapse, especially you 
being, you know, one of the biggest breakout reality TV stars in the country and the world shuts down. Um, so how did you kind of stay grounded or kind of, you know, stay sane in all of this? I know you mentioned like creatives, but I'm sure there had to have been a moment where you're like, this fucking sucks. The only, you know, this fucking sucks. Um, not well, my cat died. That fucking oh, sucks so fucking badly. She was a sweet baby from heaven and I love her so much. So that fucking sucks so badly. This pandemic sucks so fucking badly, but at the same time, it's, you know, it's in these times of adversity and difficulty that artists really come to the forefront and find new ways of being, and not only artists, but people around the world, um, finding new ways of being and finding new ways of connecting. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when you quit your job or when you make these huge decisions, you know, this is obviously much, much larger than something like that. But when things happen that are beyond our control and force us into new ways of being and thinking, it um, it can be really exciting. It can also be really difficult. And I was really fortunate that um, I was able to take my skills that I have and make the best of a bad situation. And I, I luckily live in Victoria, BC, where our numbers are quite low. And the um, just being on an island, the you know the vibe around COVID around here is a little bit less intense than in some major cities where it's uh, you know obviously a much bigger uh, threat and much scarier. So I kind of have a unique scenario here where um, we've been sort of sheltered and. Um, just been able to really uh, work on art and kind of stay inside and and work on right that sounds like the place to be victoria right now geez you're on an island low cases creative juices flowing it is i have an amazing studio and wonderful friends Um, are you tapped into spirituality by the way like do you have a spiritual practice i'm not talking like god religion or like like do you have a spiritual practice even if it is god or religion um, yeah, my, well, I do have a spiritual practice just through, um, I have a background in biology. And so there's a, you know, a certain um, connectivity that is beyond, you know, these typical religions. For me, it's more about energy, more mm-hmm. about connectivity, and more about intention and love. And I put a lot of love and intention into the world, and I get a lot of love intention and luck back and so um i know by certain things that happen and are happening that are so incredible that i can't help but think okay well obviously there you know there are some greater energy things happening that um you know are kind of karmic or kind of you know the just the idea of a a connectivity through energy as sort of how i think of it and so I, I really do try to think positively and to, um, you know, I really do think words are spells, you know, putting out ideas and intentions um, are important for me. And so I, I really, tr- you know, think about what I say and think about what other people say. And I really take that um, kind of quite seriously. And, Ooh, words are spells yeah. that hit. I, I mean, 100% what you put out there is what you get back. And, you know, you got to kind of watch your words, especially in these times, you know. Okay, so it's a new year. It's 2021. When you reflect back on 2020, which you had an amazing year, congrats on all of your success. What is kind of one of your biggest takeaways that you're applying to this new year? Um, My biggest takeaway is to 
love yourself and to believe in yourself despite even what yourself tells you sometimes. And, you know, going through this process of um, applying for the show, putting myself out there, not really knowing, um, you know, as a very unknown queen um, and very sort of remote, not really a part of a, a big drag scene. We have a, a small, really cool alternative drag scene here. But um, so, so kind of questioning, am I good enough to be on this show? Am I good enough? You know, all of those things are just typical right. human questions um, to, to be able to go on the show and to share my art and to share my point of view uh, was such an incredible dream come true. And then on the flip side of that, to be so well received and to be so loved and to resonate with so many for something that, you know, for certain things um, that I thought were maybe a yeah. negative thing about me. Um, you know, like my makeup skills or, you know, having a name like Jimbo that isn't like a weird, pretty drag name. And, you know, in the end, what I found was it's really about authenticity, love, and, you know, the idea that the audience is always on your side and unless they're not, you know, unless for some reason you lose the audience um, by not being truthful or, or um, you know, being self-serving, then, you know, that was really cool for me to see that I was myself and that I portrayed myself as true to myself as I could be and that people really loved that. And I, and I thought that was just absolutely incredible. And I still think it is incredible and blows my mind every day that I, that I think, Oh, wow. You know, so many people love what I'm doing. I've got to keep thinking. Yeah, I think that that's one thing too, especially when it comes to reality TV is like the fans can see through the bullshit, you know what I mean? And when you're authentically just yourself and you were just so present every moment that you were on the show that it really read through. And that's how come I think you've like captivated the audience. So that is the best advice. Just be authentic, be you. Yeah. Boy, I love that. Thank you so much for your time. I know that you're a very busy woman making your dreams come true. Uh, where can people Instastock your kind of follow and tap into the world of House of Jimbo? Um, yeah, right now I primarily um, post a lot on Instagram. My Instagram is Jimbo the Drag Clown. And coming up, I'll be having, I also have a YouTube channel, which is the House of Jimbo. And I also have a Twitter, which is Jimbo the Drag Clown, um, which I use sometimes. I'm still figuring out how to use it the best. I don't know why. I don't, I don't <laughs> it's it. tough. It's tough. <laughs> I just said it. It's like, is it pictures? Is it sentences? Is it links? I don't get it. Maybe it's all of it. I have to work on it. Right. And now they introduce stories, but they're calling their stories fleets. Ah, <laughs> a fleet? Oh my God, how refreshing. Right, yeah. So you can refresh your timeline by fleeting on Twitter. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I'm wishing you all the best and future success. I can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you so much. It was so nice talking to you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you are an OG Thirst listener, I'm just giving you some extra love in because I really appreciate you just writing it out and being with me on my journey in the podcast world and everything happening with Thirst. So I just really appreciate you truly from the bottom of my heart. I really, really do. And if you're new, if you're stumbling in here, uh, we are Thirst. You can follow us at This Is Thirst. If you are a queer man looking for a quarterly subscription box, I'm so excited to be launching the Thirst Boy box. You can follow more information about that at Thirst Boy. All these social handles, including my own, are going to be in the description of the episode. If you haven't hit that subscribe button or taken the time to write a review, now's the time. 
But yeah, thank you for being here with me and sending just a bunch of good vibes your way. And always remember, the thirst is real.